Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the AEW Rampage Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dubai, oh, pay per views, uh, bloody premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week. Complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on Wrestle Culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to AEW Rampage this week after what was a far better episode of AEW Dynamite. Uh, and one question I, I, I do apologize before we dive into looking ahead to some of the matches tonight. Someone tweeted us a question that I just glanced at and I forgot to write their name down, but I thought it was a really intriguing point when it comes to both Rampage and Dynamite. Because of the you know night and day, in my opinion, and in our opinion, I think it's fair to say, uh, difference between last week's Dynamite and this week's Dynamite, do you think the reason sometimes why Dynamite gets a bit all over the bloody place is because of Rampage being taped on the same night as well, and therefore do sort of live Rampages like tonight in, I believe, Washington, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the same building. Yeah, uh, help Dynamite. I think it's an intriguing point that's worth discussing. For me personally, I've seen enough fantastic Dynamite episodes that were also taped live on the same nights on which Rampage was taped live to tape. So I feel like there's historical precedent that suggests that there's nothing really to that point. Um, But I can see the logic Hmm. behind it if you are booking effectively and formatting three shows at once, which they tend to do typically more often than not, uh, Dark Elevation, followed by Live Dynamite, followed by Live to Tape Rampage. Like That's a lot. When you are going through that given week, um, you're probably going to indulge your tropes more because just everyone kind of knew that there was going to be some kind of impact on the quality of Dynamite when Rampage didn't want... The ideal scenario would be... Uh, SmackDown in 2000, where both shows were great, Raw and SmackDown. We didn't want Nitro and Thunder. I feel like it's more Raw and SmackDown of 2000 and mm. 2000 alone, um, other than the Nitro Thunder deal. But ultimately, they're still writing the same amount of um, content that week. Just one happens to take place two 
days later. Like, they've already formatted the show because we know the full card in advance. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe there's something to it. I don't personally see it, but it's a good question. And maybe there's something to booking the whole show in advance that other companies could think about. Just Sorry, I've just done the SmackDown preview, and I'm, I'm really wound up that I had one match to preview. What was that? A thing. Uh, it was the incredibly original uh, Charlotte Flair versus Naomi Championship Contenders match that definitely didn't happen two weeks ago. I didn't watch that one, and I didn't. I don't think I'll watch the next one either. Doesn't matter. Well, uh, I have to take. I do watch it. It's so very easy to watch casually when you don't have to review it, but you have to keep it in there, in some part of your brain to inform your predictions for the show going forward. That will never really happen anyway. Uh, it's worth a listen the SmackDown preview uh, this week because uh, Michael Hamflet in it booked one of Michael Sidgwick's least favorite. I wouldn't say characters, but things. And that was the return, Sidgwick. And I'll move very quickly on after I get a, either a word or a noise from you to react to this. That was the return of the SmackDown Fist. What's he done that for? <laughs> what has he done that for? You know, they already brought it back in digital form when everyone pissed and moaned. Maybe only the physical fist yeah. itself oh, has yeah. the powers to book a good TV show. Maybe the digital one just doesn't have the same sentience. Well, if you want to find out how he booked it, SmackDown Preview, wherever you get your podcast uh, that's from. That's a good plug. Uh, right, we've got lots to look forward to on Rampage tonight, though. We've got Hook in action. Uh, TB something to do with Sami Zayn. Yes. Yeah. Hook in action. Uh, the TBS Championship on the line. A potentially show-stealing tag team match. And let's start with the in-ring return of John Moxley. Fantastic to see him back. Yeah, absolutely. He looks in tremendous shape. Oh, those, like, not before and after, but you know what I mean? The the previous shots of him that everyone was sharing on Thursday morning was really sort of eye-opening, I think it's fair to say. Genuinely remarkable. And, yeah, fair play to the guy. Like, I've struggled with things that I just simply cannot stop doing to the detriment of my health and my well-being. So absolutely fair play. It's an incredibly difficult thing to do. He appears, it'll always be with him. So yeah. this is always asterisks, but he appears to have done such a tremendous job of um, getting himself like back into a healthy state for him, for himself and his loved ones. And it's like, I could be greedy now. I could fantasy book John Moxley spots and how great is that to do? Um, Ethan Page is an ideal performer, oh, yeah. an ideal opponent for him. Ethan Page is a guy who is going to be in the mid-card. I think he's got potential to do something else, but for now, he's a mid-card guy. He can eat pins. It's just what he's there to do. I think he's an incredibly underrated worker. I think he's got great manipulation of the crowd. Yes. If you recall, the infamously great... Titus tits, tits in the, the game. game promo was going south before he grabbed that microphone. They were getting, in fact, if you recall, dreaded what chance mm. um, for Lambert and um, Scorpio Sky's shtick. Um, Ethan Page has cut this incredible, furious promo. He's got, and I like Ethan Page, and he wants people to think this because he is playing a heel who wears, I was going to say he wears ridiculous outfits, for heat purposes, but that's kind of what I wear in the summer. <laughs> yes. I wear well, You do wear it for heat purposes. Yeah. <laughs> I wear aviators and silly tropical shirts just for the vibe alone. And the both of you pull it off. Thank you very much. But the idea is he's meant to look like this dickhead who wears ridiculous clothes because you resent him for thinking he's the cock of the whack. And <laughs> yes. he's got this incredibly smug, punchable face. But he's also got this like hulking frame so that you can... He's not just this cheap heat who looks like a dickhead on purpose. Mm. Like, he's got like a decent thing going on. 
All of which is to say that is going to be incredible when John Moxley punches that smile off his face. <laughs> I don't expect this punches to go... Punches those aviators off his face. Yeah, absolutely. I don't expect this to go particularly long. I reckon about a good eight minutes because you want to protect Ethan Page. He's not like, with all due respect, a Peter Avalon. No, or a Michael no, no. Nakazawa. Like, you want to invest in a page going forward. I expect this to go eight or so minutes. Um, I would open the show with it, actually, to ensure yeah. the maximum level of volume, knowing that there's a certain tag match that is going to get that crowd right back up, following what I can only hope is like a really exhilarating high. I think the crowd will be with Moxley every step of the way. I think that it'll just be tremendous watching Ethan Page get the advantage via Scorpio Sky interference and then Moxley killing both of them and, in fact, drinking their blood. It's just the perfect get-yourself-back-in-the-scene yeah. the, in sort of match. No, I love that. Great, great to have it as the opener as well, I think. Unless, the only reason I think this should main event, if they do do that and instead have the tag match maybe to open the show, what a fire opening that would be, by the way, uh, is if, and I know... I'm fantasy booking, and uh, let me dream, because I know he's off, injured, orbital bone injuries, etc. but that doesn't potentially doesn't stop Eddie Kingston making the save if Scorpio Sky and the men of the year use the numbers advantage on Moxley, because uh, all I really want, and I, you don't have to do it this week, I think, you know, we've been spoiled already with, with Moxley's return, but that reuniting of those two uh, would be a real moment. It would be a real moment, and, you know, if Eddie's not physically cleared to do it yet, surely it's coming, yeah. and it will completely bring the house down. Uh, right, let's move on, and I've got a question slash joke for you to lead us into our next point. Oh, Christ. Mike you know what? I've got the same dread, legitimately, as when Madcap Moss does his stuff on SmackDown. Okay, well, it is. It's right out of his playbook, okay? Without uh, potentially severing uh, relationships between uh, us and AEW, obviously because we are paid chills, naturally. Indeed. Um Michael Sidgwick, who are the smelliest tag team in AEW? Well, before you say that and offend someone, I can tell you. Rapong. Rapongi Vice. Pretty good, that, on it? That is a, come on. That's top 10 for me. They're facing the Young Bucks tonight. and uh, The Dark Order. <laughs> Don't laugh, it's not funny. It's really good. <laughs> right down. Uh, Use some more. I'll think some more whilst you talk us through what is, you know, a bloody brilliant tag match as has been proven by their history together. Yes, they, like, here's the thing. They're not going to play, like, transition spot highlights from the New Japan archives to which they have access now as a result of the of the partnership. But my God, the highlights of Young Bucks versus Roppongi Vice on Dynamite, they made those matches seem incredible and they were, like, really, really great. Mm. But... What I'm saying is they've kind of created an anticipation within me of like, all oh, right, okay, five stars, easy. <laughs> They're not going to show the worst bits, obviously, but like they kind of, the Young Bucks never phone it in. No. The Young Bucks, to the detriment probably of their long-term health, never phone it in. They love bump and daft on their heads. You hear reports of them getting a stinger every single quarter of the year. I love them for it. They're obviously my favorite tag team of all time. But there was just something about the history between these two teams and the way that they um, showed the North American TV audience it, that they want to create a sense of expectation. They've basically booked this match on the premise of this match is great, and you're going to get it again. Here's something to expect. And he saw this absolutely incredible sequence of spots on this pre-tape. I think they'll be absolutely bang up for this. I think the Young Bucks will go over. And it it's a little sort of... It's weird about 
two, three years ago, if you had a set of the young books are watching uh, at the work in Roppongi Vice, I'd be like, cool, don't care. <laughs> the meme was the young books worked about four tag teams in New Japan Pro Wrestling for like <laughs> yeah. several years. Um, Ghetto's never really cared about it as this long-term strategy. It was all, I don't want to say 50-50, but the belts were handed around without much prestige. So I was sick of this combination, but, you know, time allows you to sort of remember the good times. And you've got the intrigue as well, and we sort of saw this in the the promo building to this, the first uh, hints, let's say, of a Trent heel turn. Yes, absolutely. Not saying it's going to happen tonight. It's not even getting anywhere near it tonight, but it's another, like I say, another step towards it. The golden rule of professional wrestling is that when a wrestler returns and they want to do something new, they change their look. They want to disassociate people from the old version of the wrestler that they were familiar with. Not only if they're doing something new, but just when they come back in general. There's something about Trent intentionally making himself look incredibly hard and the various body language um, displays we've seen from him make me think that, yes, he's going to turn. We might see a glimpse of it here. and But ultimately, you're going to get like an incredible match between two teams who know each other very, very well, who've got this incredible history between them. Young Bucks will go over, potentially, with a Trent error, mm. or Trent being upset. Miscommunication, yeah. By Rocky Romero error, yeah. I expect them to go absolutely balls out on this. (laughs) Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. We also have a championship match to look forward to tonight. Jade Cargill's uh, first defense of her TBS championship uh, against Anna Jay. Ideal first opponent for, for me, this. It is. It is. I'm very interested in this match. I'm interested in the entire card. 
Um, realistically, there's not something that I'd be happily skipping if I was a casual guy who didn't have to review it. And I can't say the same for many recent rampages of late. There's no, that's certain fair. matches where I'm thinking, well, I'm going to see the real thing at Battle of the Belts, for example. So, like, why am I really watching this? It's sub New Japan, easy booking. But I'm incredibly interested in this because I want to see how they react to what was genuinely a really nice moment for Jade Cargill that followed a, pre- a really popular, heavily watched match that I thought was genuinely quite dreadful at points. Mm-hmm. I want to see the lengths to which they are going to stick their heels in and if they are going to sort of change course on the way that they present the Jade Cargill character because I think she gets pretty badly exposed when she goes over five to six minutes. Yeah. Uh, I think it went about 10, 11, 12, the match against Ruby Soho, and there were just certain times when they were getting lost, when they were clearly sort of... You can, you, you know when you say, I can see the person going through the gears and thinking about what they're doing, it just breaks the immersion. You could see them literally stagger into any kind of bump or pinning reversal that required a lot of athletic movement and just... Which turn book are we working yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very, very bad. Um so it's interesting because they like Anna Jay. They treat her as a real prospect. Um, she often gets flattered into feet. She never gets squashed. But do you squash her? Because that's what Jade Cargill is significantly better at. Or do you run the... What's more important? Protecting Anna Jay as a performer or as a character. Because if she loses, you could do a really good five-minute match. And most wrestling promoters should absolutely embrace the fact that you can do a really good five-minute match. Is it more important at this point to, like, too many wrestling fans conflate the length of a match with the quality. Do they give in to that temptation, go, oh, we'll give them eight Too many minutes. New Japan people think that yes, as well. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Do they say, oh, well, it will look better if Anna Jay loses in eight or nine minutes than if she loses in four or five is it more important to do that, or is it more important to put everything behind the champion you're pushing now? I'd say the latter without question. Absolutely. Um, because, because you ruin both, or you ruin the aura of both performers if you put them in there for nine, ten minutes and the match is terrible. Or you could actually put everything behind the champion, have a destroy Anna Jay with one hope spot in four or five minutes. Because you can protect people in four or five minutes. I would absolutely hope that they go this way. And, and talk about a showcase of like future AEW stars. Jake, I mean, she's already a champion, but yeah. Jake Cargill squashing Anna Jay and Hook destroying Serpentico on this show. Just like, yeah, we don't just have to sign people from outside. I know people throw that yeah. at us. I, I completely agree. I'd do a five minute, but you can also you can also slightly factor it in to protect Anna Jay a little bit. Like you say, I think Anna Jay can will easily recover from a five minute uh, loss to to Jake Cargill. A because it's Jade bloody Cargill. Yeah. Just look at her. Uh, B because B because um, you know Ruby Soho you would entrust more to J- to lead Jay Cargill through a longer match and we all saw how that went like you said Anna Jay and Jay Cargill are without doubt greener uh, than than uh, Ruby Soho so uh, I just wouldn't wouldn't take them into that deep water just in case and also finally point C uh, the whole point of this is Anna Jay said in the promo on Wednesday. Like you, you think you know about me, but I'm the person who like wrapped barbed wire around my arm to try and win a match. He's just had that TJ bloody brawl with um, the uh, Bunny and Penelope Ford. So have her go into it thinking, well, the only way I win this is if I just batter her from the word go and I can't let her get any opportunities. I was just about to make the exact same point. Like from a character perspective, it makes all the sense in the world to have Anna Jay just realize no one's beaten this woman yet. 
I've got a little percentage chance of doing it if I'm being perfectly honest. I'm just going to aim loads of forearms on a face and hope to get the job done as quickly as possible. And there's no point in trying to work a hold or work a lunge. No. is simply too strong. So I think to the ultimate benefit of the quality of the match and indeed from a character storytelling perspective, this kind of has to go short at this point. Yeah, Jay Cargill retains that. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, finally, uh, we have Hook versus Serpentico. As much as Serpentico has protested against it on social media, if any of you seen his... Uh, text message he planned to send to Tony Khan before deleting it and just slagging off Nyla Rose instead. Can anyone stop Hook? He's on a bit of a roll, isn't he? Well, Sepetnikul can't. No. <laughs> but I don't care because I just want Hook to be sent. Um, I like this match. I hope it builds more to the QT Marshall thing. Mm, I forgot about that. Because I generally thought that was a really good um, storyline um, development. And as we've discovered, uh, covered before... QT Marshall had a significant role in Hook's training, so you'll know exactly how to flatter him in a match when they eventually do that one. I'm interested in this one because I like how they've given like a diverse range of opponents. He's already beaten the, the feckless jobber character in Fuego del Sol, and it was great. When they did the Bear Bronson match oh. graphic, I was thinking, oh, Jesus Christ, like that's great because we know we're going to see some kind of ridiculous suplex that he has no right to pull off, but it's Hook who can. Um, the third one didn't do much for me, but this one... Feels like Sir Pentacle can fly. One of my favorite spots, I'm such a mark for it, is when a submission expert like plucks a high flyer Me too. from midair yeah. and just traps them. So I feel like you might get a spot where Sir Pentacle tries to do some mad like moonsault or flip or dive and he just gets snatched out of midair by a hook because they always carefully build one holy sh moment out of a hook match. Whether it's just that which is hook full stop against Fuego, the no cell pile driver, and the deadlift suplex against a monster and Bear Bronson. We didn't get one in Aaron Solo, so I think we need one tonight. Um, out of Serpentico, and just him getting snatched out of midair would be fantastic. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, one of my favorite WCPW moments actually involved Jay Lethal uh, going for the lethal injection and, injection and Zack Sabre Jr. just going, nah. Good night. Yeah. No, it's Something class. along those lines. Or like you say, Serpentico coming off the top and uh, getting caught with that sort of head and arm suplex thing that Hook's introduced yeah. into his game as well. If any listeners haven't seen um, Minoru Suzuki versus AJ Styles from the 2014, I think it is, New Japan G1 Climax. And if you like those kinds of spots as well, watch that match. There's an incredible one in there. Like, we just incredible. Did a really interesting podcast this week, uh, me, you and Andy, about booking the next champions of all the belts uh, in AEW. Go and check that out, What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. Do you think Hook will have a title around his waist in 2022? Or, I mean, they certainly built something with Cody Rhodes and Hook um, on the Christmas... Day Rampage taping, or the taping for Christmas Day, I should say. That doesn't necessarily mean that Cody has to have the TNT title to put Hook over. Um, Hook doesn't need a title at this point. Mm. He's so ridiculously over. There's still, like, you have to be careful when critiquing Hook because he's got a massive Stan army, and he's amazing, and you don't want to spoil the fun by, like, really analyzing his work when he's, like, what, four, three matches deep into his career. <laughs> yes. But I still think this is the way to go with him. Slow and steady. If he doesn't need a title, don't give him one. Um, there are still times when he's on the cell that he kind of doesn't know what to do. And half of that is because he's never had to do it on TV. It's not part of his character. And 
just his footwork when he's getting led into the corners and the ropes, it doesn't feel like it's very fluid because it's not something he's been really instructed to do yet, and that will come. Um, there's still lo- there's still loads left for him to do to develop into a championship caliber top star. And if he's still over doing stuff like this, and he is, he gets a Road Warrior pop for a match graphic, yes. then I don't think there's uh, any need to do that yet. But yeah, I completely agree. Dominating victory over Serpentico tonight. And yeah, more steps towards QT Marshall, because uh, I do like that as a great story point. Yeah, it's a great story point. I think QT Marshall, again, having such a huge role in his training and his development, there's going to come a time when Hook will have to go a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I think QT Marshall's the guy to get a long hook match. And to have that fear, I know you often talk about it with WWE, but I do occasionally like it, have that fear of QT Marshall being the guy to to give him that first loss. Possibly because, guess who comes in to try and interfere? I just want to see Hook chucking Nick Comorato around, if I'm honest. Yes, Absolutely. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Comrade Ian Hook's like, yeah, don't matter. He's yeah, on as well. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I can't wait to see what they do next with Hook. But, uh, yeah, let us know, well, maybe who you think should uh, end the streak of Hook or what title he should win this year on Twitter, as well as your thoughts on this entire show at What Culture WWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. The SmackDown preview is available right now. Wrestle Culture coming later on today, complete with a hashtag Bloody Good Quiz. And if you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, easy for me to say, um, the review of Rampage and SmackDown will drop into your feed when we do them on Monday. But for now, this is the preview for AW Rampage. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.